Hey, Star Mindsets, we want to say Happy New Year. We hope you had a great holiday season and you're ready to kick in the gear for 2023. In this episode, I speak to Dr. Gazamandari. She is leader of Nine Paths Development. She also helps clients like Google, as well as Nike and other big name tech brands uh, realize that humanitarian efforts belong at their company. Um, she also has decades worth of experience in public health and going to remote countries in the world and fostering change. We hope you enjoy. And one more thing, if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review on Spotify or Apple. It really helps us reach more people. Let's do it. It's another great episode. We hope you had a great Christmas break. If you're still on Christmas break, we hope it even gets better. But uh, today we've got Dr. Gaz Samandari today. She's the founder of Nine Paths Development. Um, Gaz, <laughs> Dr. Gaz has a PhD in health behavior. Uh, probably didn't read that the right way, but we'll fix it <laughs> when I get the chance. So now she helps technology companies embody humanitarian practices to create a better future for all. Um, some of her work includes creating inclusive cultures where people can thrive, such as the EU Commission, the World Health Organization, Google, UNICEF, and Nike. Uh, so these are well, well-known world brands. Um, she is also an adjunct professor at the Gilling School of Global Public Health. Um, and she joins us from Paris, France today. So guys, thank you so much. It's an exciting time to have you here. Thank you, Dan. Good to be here. Well, I I don't even know where to start. So it says you've been to 30 countries and uh, you help Google and like these big tech companies and other brands. Like, But uh, I guess like from your end, like, can you tell us about Dr. Gaz in a quick 30 seconds? <laughs> oh, yes. Great. Ready? Here we go. Uh, only child, Leo, born in Iran, raised in America, living in Paris worked for 20 plus years as a humanitarian researcher in women's reproductive rights, worked, like you said, in over 30 countries all around the world doing really intense um, community-based health behavior change uh, programming, really aimed at enabling particularly women and girls to kind of thrive in, in resource poor settings or intense settings. And as of a few years ago, I've started working as an integrated wellness coach specifically within the tech community to help bring some of what I've learned from the field into those spaces to make it more inclusive, make it more humane, make it more possible for the human beings inside the companies to, to thrive, not just survive. That's such a unique position. Um, tell me, like, how did you figure that you wanted to do that? Right. Cause I guess like PhD, they, they often become, you know, join academic spaces or, I don't know. Like, did you have this planned out in your mind? Like when, when you were, (laughs) no, I'm very, I'm of that same vibe of the tech Valley, which is like move fast, break things, try again, do that. That's kind of my personality. I've never really fit in any one particular box. And I got my PhD because I just was interested in, in understanding more deeply how human behavior works and, and how we can get people to actually take on change, right? Like how do you get someone to change in a sustainable way? So that's kind of how I got into that work to begin with. Um, But how I landed sort of in this space here was after years of working on women's rights and women's access 
to healthcare and things around the world, I myself got burnt out. I felt totally sort of overwhelmed with the type of work that I did. And I mentioned this to you earlier, like traveling two weeks out of every month to really remote locations around the world, super dangerous, super intense. Um, and I, I just experienced burnout and I realized that there's a lot of people like me that don't have to go very far from home to feel the way that I was feeling like really, um, out of whack, out of balance and not, not having the support that I needed to live and work well. Um, so I started working in the tech space cause it's equally an intense situation. Even if it's just right there in the office, there's a lot of ways in which, um, because of the, the pressures that people are under in those types of organizations and institutions, they get uh, really burnt out quickly. So I started working with women there and I haven't looked back. Yeah. Did you uh, decide, I guess like you're telling me that the people came to you and you were like, why are these people come up to me and like asking for this type of service or consulting? Like, did you, did you um, think that it would just be like a, what do you call it? Like a, like a friendly hobby or like, thing you just do, did for yeah. on the side or like no so definitely I came into coaching and facilitation as like a career switch it was something I was really interested in doing and the way I ended up in tech was kind of happenstance you know I when I first started coaching I got one referral to someone who worked at Google like a, a woman who worked at Google and she ended up referring me to more and more and more people. And before you knew it, I had like a dozen people on my roster <laughs> um, from the tech space. And I bring a completely different sensibility to that sort of space, which is all about productivity and make it happen and innovate and, you know, move fast, break things, all that kind of stuff. Like being from the humanitarian field, I know how to operate under intense situations, but having focused my entire career on human beings, I also understand the way in which we have to under uh, like kind of know our own limits and respect that and make that part of our work. So I think that's something that's really resonated for people in the tech space because oftentimes they get treated like robots, <laughs> but they're not. I right? guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true. So I think it's, it's resonated and I find it fascinating to be able to contribute in a space and in an industry that is cutting edge and that is essentially dictating the shape of our world every single day. That's so true. Yeah. The tech world does, I, I mean, it does influence a lot of the products we use. It, it's get garners a lot of our attention. Uh, I, I was going to ask you like, so you got these clients that, you know, let's say Google or um, these big tech companies are in general, but what, what were you exactly guiding them with or, what were they working with you on? If yeah, you, so uh, if a lot. Sense. So I work. Yeah, that's great. So there's kind of three different ways that I work with people in this space. One is one-on-one, -on -one, like one-on-one -on -one leadership coaching. So I work with a lot of women who are kind of in the middle management range and trying to get to that next level of their career. And oftentimes, what they do is kind of replicate the you know lean in, same old mm -hmm. stuff that that they see men do and it doesn't work for them the same way. It feels super isolating and out of tune with who they are. So I help enable them to kind of really surface their own power and their own agency and kind of apply it in their leadership space the way they want. Um, the second way that I work with a lot of companies is just doing kind of speaking and panels and bringing my experience from oh. the field and sort of highlighting how, um, we can bring some humanitarian principles into the tech space to make it 
not just more productive, but more human centered. And finally, I do work with groups as well to like enhance team cohesion and, and the capacity for people to work together within a space. Yeah. You got this very like, I wouldn't call it Zen, but like this very, like, I wouldn't even want to say chill, but just, (laughs) I don't know, like a very cool vibe. Like, uh, like, uh, How do you, how do you, I, I guess, like, how did, how did you end up that way? Or how did, like, were you always like the. <laughs> oh my God. No, I was <laughs> not this way. I was a really intense person. Like if you know anyone who works in the humanitarian field or meet them, like they are the least thing that they are is Zen. We're really hardcore. That's how it is. Is Peace Corps like the humanitarian um, no. so I worked, yeah like peace corps is one kind of thing that you can do but think more along the lines of like unicef or oh um, yeah like um red cross oh stuff like okay that. gotcha yeah. Yeah, yeah gotcha so a lot of my job was to go into communities in poor areas around the world and help them kind of sort out whatever the issue was and the issue normally had to do with women's rights in my case oh wow that's incredible how uh so, so like, what would be an example? Like you would say you went to Boca Haram or Boca Raton and then. Boca. <laughs> <Not> Boca <laughs> I, I watched too much Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Okay. So, so Boca Haram territory. So that's where this like particular group of people operate, operate. It's like in Niger uh-huh. in Nigeria border. Oh, so gosh. for instance, I spent several months in that region working with small villages, helping them figure out how to enable girls to get access to better health care because in that space girls are married by 14 they have their first baby by 15 and like mortality rates are super super high and that's something nobody wants including those communities so I work with them to sort of understand how do we how do we work together to like solve this problem that's kind of some of the work I would do oh my gosh and does that what does that involve does that like involve talking to governments or like you know, yes, like, it's the, protesting a with a picket fence. Like, <laughs> well, it's it's it depends where you come in to the game, but certainly, like, you have to have sort of buy-in from top to bottom, right? So, like, from the Ministry of Health all the way down to the tribal elders, you got to get everybody on board with Whoa. what you're doing. Yeah, so I often worked on behalf of, like, in this instance, it was Care. You know, Care that that company, that NGO. So working with kind of people at different levels to get everyone on the same page around caring differently about the humans in their community. And my role really was to facilitate and enable that from a research perspective and from a program perspective. No way. Did you, so who decides like what countries, was that you or was like that the company you were with or like, yeah, so I sponsored by. So God, these are great questions. <laughs> great <laughs> question. And I forget sometimes that like people who are not in my field don't know. This is like basic info for us, but it's basically a lot of the ways that this stuff works is NGOs get funding from governments like the US government mm-hmm. to go do aid work in various countries. And the way I came into the situation was as a consultant. So someone would approach me, like care would come to me and say, Hey guys, like can you help us do this project here? And I'd be like, yeah, okay, I, I can do that. And I'd sign on. Um, so the past, I'd say six or seven years, I've been working as a consultant like that, but um, it was two, three years ago where I got really, it was actually after uh-huh. that trip to Niger, I got super sick and I was like, I got to rethink my life. And that's when I ended up as a coach. 
Wow. Wow. Was that like your full-time career or like, was that like a, oh, like yeah. a, yeah. yeah. For 20 years I was doing that. Yep. Really? Yep. And it was really, really rewarding, really valuable, really dignified work. Um, but I got lost in it, right? Like I lost myself in the work. I was just all about the output. I was going to different countries, doing the reports, doing the thing, doing this and completely lost track of myself and my health. And it wasn't until I had a health crisis. I had to literally stop. I was so sick. Oh gosh. There's something really wrong here. And that's when I started investigating what it meant to live a balanced life and then got into yoga, meditation, all these things. And that's Uh where my Zen vibe comes from. So prior to that, no Zen, no Zen at all. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shoot. Yeah, I've got to do yoga too. It's, uh, (laughs) you know, like uh, I had this guest on the podcast too. He was, um, he's a founder of like a company called Lollipop Design. And he he, uh, told me in India, they, they, make you take yoga class as a kid so (laughs) and if you don't do it right they they, they would beat you up but that was back in the day (laughs) back in the day yeah maybe not not, not quite not quite the road to like chill vibes but yeah some just something every day that like Uh it could be yoga it could be meditation could be running something to connect you to some something outside of your mind like something bigger than just what's this loop running in your head you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I feel like I, I just got to ask you, like, what made you decide to go jump into that? Because um, a lot of people would, you know, interpret going to a different country, foreign country and like changing their laws or, you know, helping people who are uh, marginalized, like as it, it could be dangerous or just risky for you personally. Um, what what made you like want to do that? Just because yeah. I I was just curious, got to hear, hear, hear yeah, how, sure. how you wanted to go to 30 countries and, and work on yeah, this. Yeah, so I have like a history of risk in my own life. Like I was born in Iran in 1980 and that was at the height of like the revolution that was going on then. And there was a big war. And so my family and I, we left as refugees and went to America when I was quite young. So I kind of was born into danger, if you will, <laughs> in, in a way. Um, but growing up, like we grew up poor and part of a marginalized community and very sort of disinherited, if you will, like distance from my country, my language and all of that. So I think part of me has always felt connected to people who are misfits or oh. out of place or in need. And as I feel very privileged to have been able to grow up in the States, get a good education, have a loving family. And I just felt like it's my duty to give back. Like I have all this abundance and I want to give back. So that's how I ended up in the humanitarian field. But I got so intensely into it that I lost myself. And that's when I, that's when I got really sick. And now the kind of work that I do with tech companies and other organizations is inclusive of me too. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I get to be part of the work, which is really different. Are you still traveling around the world for that stuff? Like, or does it just happen on Zoom like this? Yeah, less and less. Well, you know, we've all been kind of like stuck in place for the past couple of years, but I think this coming year I'll be traveling more and I do miss it. I really do miss it. It becomes like part of your DNA, like getting on a plane, like landing where it smells different. The air is different. The people are different. I really love kind of immersing myself in, in the various types of energies that come from different populations. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, um, so last time I was like out of, let's say out of the country, but 
uh, out of like the mainland United States. Well, until, until two weeks ago, it was, I think like eight years. Like I, I just stood, stuck, got stuck in the West coast and like, I actually had a thing where I didn't like flying because I had bad turbulence on the way to Utah. And like, I had to get over that in my, my head just to get back on planes and go around the world. But, uh, yeah so i went i went to hawaii and i was like oh wow this is so refreshing like it's not um yeah you just i just got stuck here in the yeah. west coast and there's so much the world is so big and it's definitely got to be seen um yeah and it for- gives you perspective right it's like we we can get caught up so easily in our little corner of the world and everything feels so mega sometimes like, but once you step out of that context and something new, it feels like, like a breath of fresh air. And you're like, Oh, not only do you see that, you know, things can be different, but you become inspired. And I love that about travel. And I love that about my work. Right. Right. I think like one thing I'd love to hear about is like when, when you're going to like your first well, I guess, you know, coming from Iran, you kind of have that experience of knowing what a foreign place is like. But when you, let's say you were tasked to go to um, the Middle East again, or just a different place uh, for the first time, like, do you have to like psych yourself up internally to go there? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what do you do to prepare yourself for that? Yeah, good question. So one of the first things as a woman that I have to do is kind of look into the laws and what's safe for a woman to do, right? Because not everywhere that you go, is it possible for a woman to, you know, reveal certain parts of her body or to walk alone at night or, you know, do different things like that. Like we take for granted in the States or in some of these like more Western European countries that you can just kind of do whatever you want, but that's not always the case. So it's first thing is just kind of educating myself about the context um, and getting prepared and I also hate flying, but I decided like about, I almost hey, died. Hey, we got so much in common. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I almost actually died in a plane crash on my way to- Are you serious? Years ago. Yeah. Like we almost nosedived into a mountain. No. But I didn't. I didn't. And I decided, well, if I was going to die in a plane crash, that was the chance and it's gone now. <laughs> so like, I'm not going to die in a plane crash. I just decided that's not happening. So turbulence can come and go. I'm going to make it. I know that. <laughs> But actually, when I land in a place, this is kind of funny. The first Mm -hmm. thing I like to do to get to know a country is go to a grocery store Uh and go to the potato chip aisle because everybody loves chips around the world. I don't care where you have been or where you are from. You love chips, but everybody has their own flavor of chips. So like, I always like to see what the different like flavors of potato chips are. And that really helps me kind of connect with the culture somehow. (laughs) Yeah, I've, I, I I hear what you're saying. I think like I went to Korea one once t- twice, and then I saw like they do different chips and <laughs> it's, it's, it's something. It's something like that's that's, that's prevalent throughout uh, different countries. It's like what kind of chips are they? they, the they snacks, for man. Like the eating. snacks oh. will tell you so much about about a people. I'm all about the snacks. That's for sure. <laughs> um. Okay. So like now, now you're in Paris and like, what, what's, what's your day-to-day look like right now? Or like, you know? Yeah. Uh, great question. So I wake up every morning, get a baguette, get on my bike. No, I'm just kidding. That's what everybody thinks I do. <laughs> so living I in believe Paris, you know. <laughs> I mean, truth, I do have multiple croissants a week and they are freaking delicious. Um, love my life. But a lot of the work I do is with 
um, people and companies in the West. So in the morning, everybody is sleeping. I just kind of do my wellness routine. So I do whatever I need to do meditation, yoga to kind of get in the proper headspace. And then starting in the afternoon, I work either with companies or with one-on-one clients. And I also run like a women's transformation collective called coven, which is like a safe space for women, uh, no matter where they're from to come and transform their lives. So I just kind of get busy doing different things like that. And some of it's on my own and some of it is with people. Um, and I'm hoping this year, now that everything's opened up more, we can be together in person more and more. Cause I'm a little bit tired of sitting behind my computer alone, but Oh, that's fascinating. Well, Dr. Gaz, a, a question just popped into my mind. Like uh, when yeah. you're doing all these traveling to different, you, you were getting paid and all this stuff, or is that just complete? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Are these positions people apply to? How, do, how does somebody not like well, <laughs> nowadays, like how, how does, if I had, I wouldn't say I wouldn't be opposed to doing it, but like, let's say like someone in college was like, I want to help people in, in similar to you. Like, how do they even start? Like, do they just apply for a job or like, show yeah, up in these countries question. and pick a fence so and say guess, I'm in no matter what. <laughs> that's an awesome question. And I actually have a resource for people who are interested in this kind of work. So most of that kind of work happens under this, this area called public health, which most people haven't heard of, but it's a lot of that type of humanitarian service work happens under public health. And I have a friend um, who she runs a really cool online network called PH Spot. And it's for people exactly in that position, like coming out of college or just getting their master's, looking to start their career in this kind of thing. It's like a, uh-huh. it's like a network for that. So I would direct people to PH sure. Spot um, to find out how to get more involved and find that community there. But yeah, it's, it's a job like any other job, like you would apply to, you know, oh, okay. some job at Google, you could apply for a job at the CDC or <laughs> Um, but you need some credentials. Some oh, okay. Like, like a uh, bachelor's at least, or what do you think? Like- at least a bachelor's. Yeah. A master's is pretty helpful too. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And you, are you like- looking to, are you looking to do some humanitarian work? I know people. Well, I feel like <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got to consider it. It's just, I, I, I haven't even prior, prior to, I guess like the email that I was introduced to you, like never really came into me. It's a, <laughs> yeah. But I feel like, I feel like, so, so how do you define humanitarian work? Is that, um, how, how do I get the right picture? Because I'm picturing like going to a poor like a third world country and, uh, yeah. service trip, but like, what, what exactly is that? Yeah. So it's, so there's humanitarian and development work, which is sort of the whole universe of things. And some is like emergency stuff. Like, so when there's a hurricane or a flood or an earthquake, that's much more what like is considered humanitarian, like really urgent. Ah. And the development work is more like, okay, how do we sort of get communities to, you know, improve their economic situation? Da, da, da. It's more like in a more settled way, but it is a lot of going into new countries, new spaces and getting to know the people there and respecting their voice, respecting their needs, taking the cue from them and kind of putting yourself in a position of service. Like how can I be of help? to you, but the picture that you have in your mind is probably pretty accurate. Like as so far as you, you, you go into these various countries and you can end up in really remote locations, uh, kind of, kind of lost <laughs> trying to figure it out. But, um, well, what did you yeah. find mo- mo- most challenging about that? If, if anything, you know, about what, about that kind of work? Yeah. Like about coming into a new space and like trying to interact with people who, are opposed to the change that you want, right? Like, wow, that's a really, really cool question. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think the part that is really key is recognizing that you are a guest in -hmm. this space. It is not for you to tell anyone else in their home country how to be or how to behave. And if you show up with the energy of like, I am here to help you, like in whatever ways you see fit. And also like, I'm going to stand for this thing in the world. So like, for me, I stand for women. I stand for their freedom. I stand for their agency. I stand for their capacity to be included in spaces and to live safely and sustainably, no matter what they want to do. Um, so you can bring that conviction and that vibe, but you have to match it with respect for the dignity of these communities who have existed long before oh, okay. you and will exist after you're gone and kind of find that common ground so you can work together. So that's what's challenging because you want to come in guns blazing, like, oh my God, you need <laughs> this, right? But that's, it's not respectful and it's not sustainable. No way. That's so, so fascinating. Like uh, 30 countries. So like what, what other countries other than, what, what are some of the countries that you were at? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see off the top of my head. Um, Niger, Bangladesh, India, Philippines. No way. You went to the Philippines? Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yeah. My family's I'm Filipino. So. Oh, hey, nice. Have you been to the Philippines? A couple of times, but not since I was like 18 or 17. So. I love Philippines. So fun. So I'll tell you something about the Philippines that it was one of my favorite countries to work in. Well, A, because most of our work was on islands. So we're like chilling. (laughs) But also the people I worked with, both in the communities and in the in the company that I was working for, were just so fun loving. Like they were just about the fun. So we would work all day and every single night, no matter where we were, no matter the size of the village, like is karaoke time. Like we go out, party. Like, and I really love their kind of joie de vivre. You know, they really were so lively. Um, I miss. I miss. Uh, how many kids. languages do you speak, by the way? Just uh, I, let me or, see. do you know? One, two, three, four languages. Yes. Oh no way! Yeah. Which ones would those be now? <laughs> English, French, Spanish, and Farsi. Oh gosh. That's English, French, Spanish. Yeah, I know two of those, English and Spanish. But uh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to. Yeah, yeah. So um, is there other places in the world that you haven't been to that you still want to, you know, go mm. to just? Yeah, what a good question. I haven't, you know, I haven't traveled at all in South America. Like I've done no? work remotely for stuff. Yeah, so I've never gone south of. Mexico. So I would love to, yeah, visit Brazil, Chile, Colombia, and have this dream of like hiking in Patagonia. But yeah, that's one area of the world I've just never been to. Just didn't work out. Yeah. That's so interesting. Like, uh, yeah, no, I've I've got ahead of the bucket list too. I I don't, I don't (laughs) make time for that. (laughs) Um, well with you, I guess guys, you know, I, I, uh, so it seems like right now you're a consultant, but d- did you have, did you turn that into a company? Is that like a side gig still? Like it's a company, right? Nine Pass Development is an LLC, yeah, like so a Pass. nonprofit or one of those. Yeah. So it's a straight up for profit. Oh. <laughs> it's a corporation. 
And it's really great because I can use it to do multiple different things. Like I mentioned, you know, working with tech companies and with leadership and, and people in those spaces, but also running these other types of communities like Coven Collective, which is how I reach um, sort of ordinary w- women trying to do extraordinary things in their lives. And it's, it's going really well. And 2023 is going to be a real busy year for us. So I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to what, it. What up? I guess like, do you figure, how do you figure out what to like charge or like, how do you price you? Do they give you an offer? You counter offer and go into negotiation mode or like, are you trying to be a consultant? I'm trying to figure out what the, Oh no, no. I mean, it's just, uh, it seems like this would, this, this type of work is just, well, I never really thought about it, but I know, I know people like on TikTok, like I'll see their pages and they like their mindset coaches are interviewed somebody who quit Google to help people in, marketing like just person like social mark media marketing i don't know it's just like how do you make a business out of like wanting to do personal things for other like services like and then like yeah like how, how did you uh figure out how to make it a business when it seems like it's uh like a like a like a like a friendly conversation you're having all the time right <laughs> you know that's that's a really that's a really really good question because it's true that Um, it's almost intangible to describe what happens when you work with me. Like it does feel oftentimes like we're just in a really deep conversation, but transformation comes out of that ways that you would never have expected. So I have the kinds of things I've done for my clients. It has blown their minds and blown their dreams, like completely out of the water. Uh, And it comes from a lot of the subtlety of the way that I work, which is not just kind of my chill vibe, but I also do a lot of stuff, um, around mindset, around somatic work, which is like body work, helping you sort of understand how the wisdom of your body can inform the way you change your life and also connecting people to something bigger and deeper than just like the outcome, right? Like I want this job or I want the thing, what's understanding what's underneath that. Why? Like, why do you want to do this? What are you here to do on earth? Like that is a Uh question we hold between us. And so when it comes to pricing, like in the field, there's a huge variety of ways that people price um, according to industry standards, et cetera. I price my work according to the transformation that I know I can bring. So oh. a certain value that I have seen lived out in my clients. And that's kind of how I price the different experiences that I offer. Oh, that's, that's quite fascinating because, um, well, so like, for instance, like next week I'm talking to the guy who wrote this book and maybe you should write a book too, because <laughs> <laughs> it seems like you're you, not the first one to tell me to do that. I'm, yeah. I'm writing one too. So we could be in the author book club together, but, <laughs> yeah. but so this that. guy, he's like a life coach. And I'm just thinking like, how does a life coach build a business? Because it seems, seems, um, I, no one no one would tell you like there's no way to know how to do that <laughs> it is a little it's like it's part part science part magic it's not huh? really clear um but on the other hand that means it's wide open right so like there's a lot of room to define for yourself in this space who you want to be who you want to stand for and how you want to bring your gifts to the world which is super exciting and I will definitely become part of your book club oh, okay. I am working on the book right now so well in my head but I would love to have the structure to like bring it out into the world. Um, but yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, that's, that's, no, no, that's, that's so cool. Um, 
what uh, I guess like what do you find fulfilling about your work now? Is it just seeing people uh, uh, seeing people overcome themselves because they wouldn't need a coach unless they needed to overcome themselves, right? Or like, yeah, yeah. I think overcome themselves is a really interesting turn of phrase. I think the way I like to think about it is I really love enabling people to go back to their original selves. That's how I would put it because there's a lot of ways in which the world, right? Family, society, culture, jobs, tell us who we are, who we should be, who we can or can't be. Um, And we take those stories on and, and really take ownership of them. Even if they don't always suit us, they don't feel right. They don't feel good. So for me, a lot of the work is unburdening someone from those stories, from those narratives that don't belong to them so they can come fully back to their original selves and, and find whatever that sort of spark is inside of them that Uh them shine and also enables them to connect with everybody else on, on earth. Right. I do believe that each of us has something really rare and special that we're here to do. And my job is to uncover that, whether it's you as a leader in a tech organization Uh or you as a person just walking down the street, like everybody has something they're here to give. And my job is to help unearth that with you. When did you figure out in like your life that you uh, wanted to work with people like in that capacity, just because um, I don't know, like it seems like something, you know, like it's such a, such a unique job. (laughs) You, you, You don't, you don't really hear of it, at least in my space, you don't really hear of people deciding to be the consultant and figuring out that that could be their, their life and like their, their work. Yeah. That's a good question. So I was actually told to do this by a friend of mine. Like I'm that person who everybody calls when they have some kind of issue, right? Like some kind of life crisis. I need to figure something out. It's always I need you on speed dial. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Always, always it's guys. And I loved, I love, and still do love sort of sitting with my friends and kind of helping hold space for them so they can figure out what it is that they need to figure out. And it was a friend of mine who was doing exactly that one day. And she was like, you know, you should just be a coach. She's like, you should be charging me money for this. <laughs> like you're solving oh. all my issues in like a one hour conversation. I'm like, Oh, like I had never even thought about that because you're right. Like, where do you even begin? So once she said that, I was like, Oh, coaching. And I started looking into it and that's what got me interested. And five years later, here I am. <laughs> on a startup mindset podcast. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Like, so- how am I on a startup mindset podcast? It started when the teacher was like, you should be a coach. So there you go. That's so cool. Yeah. You have like a fascinating career. I feel like, you know, a lot of people in the world too, right now, like they, they either similar situation, they, maybe they weren't in the humanitarian space, but they worked at a tech company and they're like, Oh my gosh, I'm really burnt out. I had a really good friend who I met um, two years ago and she was a consultant for, I think like, and she was like accountant slash consultant and she was like pretty burnt out. So she quit her job and now she took nine months off to just, you know, just be herself, I guess. Um, and now she's like, I think the last book there, she's like looking for a new job, but there's so many people like that. And like, you realize that money does, you know, you need it to, to continue your life and you can only quit for so long, like, or you can only do something you don't, you can only not have a job for so long or, 
where you can make your own job and be an entrepreneur. And that, 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 that also has its challenges too. But I feel like, you know, that with the remote work stuff and like also the reimagination of uh, what, what people can do for a living, just because there's, you know, new technology as well as more information sources you can have to inform your decisions. Um, there's a lot of people who, you know, always talk bad about what they do, <laughs> but, but it seems like you, you truly love what you do. Um, I guess what, uh, what, what, how would you, how would you navigate that space if you were starting new and you didn't, if you were to do all over what you, you're currently doing, like just, yeah. did you think about quitting because, or did you think about going back and finding a more sustainable job at first? Or like, was this always like a, you hit the home run at the first, like the first couple <laughs> innings? Like how? Well, home runs are basically all I hit. I, I can tell. <laughs> yeah. no, but, but I think, um, yeah, it really resonates for me what you're saying. Like we need money to live, right? Like we have to, it helps the world go around. It is the only way that we can kind of get through a day for the most part, but there's a limit to what money can do for you. And I think a lot of us pass that limit without realizing it. And that's where burnout comes from. It's like, I'm just, I just got to keep doing this thing. Cause I got to live, got to live, got to live. And when you become so out of your mind with burnout, and especially when your body says no, like full stop, <laughs> you realize, oh my gosh, like I actually can take nine months off and think about who I am and think about how I want to enter this world again, right? Like your friend. Um, so there's a lot more space available in the conversation than we are led to believe or that we allow ourselves to believe. And so I think what I would advise anyone who wants to love their job every single day, like I do is first thing is just get really quiet, get really quiet with yourself and just listen to that voice inside that has the truth. And it's telling it to you. It might be that it's covered up by a bunch of noise, but if you get real quiet, the truth will come to you. And once you start listening to it, it'll just keep steering you in the right direction. It's not always easy. It's not always fair. It's not always fun, but living your truth, like living really in your integrity, Nothing beats that, no matter what you get paid. I, I agree. It's priceless. <laughs> um, what? What? Well, was that like a little mini preview, like what a consulting gig? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's on the house. Somewhere. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, uh, but but um, yeah, no, it's just it's such a such a cool thing, just because uh. Did, yeah, it's just hard to picture like this existing. And I'm sure there's other people similar to you who do, you know, work that unlocks people's mindsets or helps them figure out what they want to truly do in their life. Yeah. Um, a couple more questions here, but like what, uh, it's it's not like a, you put them through like a system or something and like they, they're able to do what they want to do, right? Because like, I feel like with me, when I try to achieve like big things in my life, like they kind of just happen when, I had a burst of courage or like I um, got lucky, I guess if that's right. Like for, for you, like, are you, are you saying like these results are guaranteed or like, <laughs> do they, you know what I well, mean? Like, I'll say I have never had an unsatisfied customer yet. And oftentimes you come in with an idea of the thing that you want and will like, double it, triple it. Like it'll get bigger and bigger than you ever even imagined because there's a limit based on your experience to what you can see for yourself. Right. But me, I can see right through to what's real. And for me, someone 
like you is limitless. Like uh, my job is to hold that space of possibility wide open for you and accompany you as you step into it fully. So yeah, working with me is awesome. Anything you want, I can make them come true. Yep. Guaranteed. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, guys, uh, I got to ask you like too, like what, what do you think it is about and people like they, they innately struggle with themselves, right? Like, cause it's, it's, it's only, I mean, there's an external results, but it's also like internal. What do you say? Like internal, I won't say answers you need to find, but like in, internal, just confidence or, you know, something in you that needs to be like, you know, opened to, to be able to do difficult things. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether that, you know, I'm not sure in your, in your, in your space or like the people you help, like, is it just getting a new job or is it like, you know, like unlocking, helping them within themselves to, you know, unlock a change in their company? Like what, 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 you know, like what, I guess it's all those, but like, how how does it, (laughs) how how does it, you know, get, get um, more visualizable or like. Yeah. So that's a really good question. And um, it's not all like hocus pocus and woo woo stuff that we do. Like I do have a system, you know, my original work in the humanitarian field was what's called monitoring and evaluation. So it's, it's basically operations and systems. So like I am well-versed, that's what my PhD is in. It's like how to actually make systems work, use data to know where you're getting and hit your milestones, blah, blah, blah. So I got all that kind of scientific background. Um, so we put a structure in place, right. For you to move from one place to another, whatever that is, whether it's uh-huh. get a new job or make some massive change in your life or in your company. But along the way, the magic that I bring is just what I said. It's like holding the vision for you. And it's really hard for an individual to do that for themselves because I'm going to use a big word here. There's a lot of trauma that we live with inside ourselves. That's unaddressed, right? Like we we've just been through things and haven't had the proper space and time to process it. So a lot of what we're doing in a day is just reacting to triggers on that trauma all day long. And that minimizes minimizes and limits our capacity to think bigger and beyond. So my job is not only to put the structure in place to get you from point A to point B in like a sort of technical way, but it's also to help address those deeper issues that are holding you back, be it, like you said, confidence, um, mindset stuff, trauma, triggers, all of that. So it's really like um, a holistic way of moving towards change. Wow. That's incredible. Like it's incredible and it's fun. Like it's, I try to do everything I do with lightness and with joy because the world is already heavy enough as it is. And we don't need to like pile on. So that's also part of what I really love working with companies and with individuals is like bringing some laughter and some fun right. into our experience. Do, do you uh, have a coach for yourself or <laughs> Maybe. I, well, I'm always on my growth journey. Let's put it that way. So there's various um, practitioners and there are different kinds of people at different moments in my life that are helping me sort of understand where I fit in the world. But it's almost like um, it's like a tune up. You know, we all need it. We all need it every now and again. So, yeah, I work with people, too. Did, did you did you. Um, so I guess like one last thing here or one thing I, I want to just get clarity on was like, did you like find yourself applying the jobs that had this um, opportunity to do, or did you say like, I need to make my own job? It's just what I'm, I'm guessing a straight up entrepreneur. Yep. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because the kind of um, 
change I want to bring um, and the kind of creativity I want to express through that change can't be contained in anyone else. Same here. That's me too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, it's, it's got its hard moments, but I love that I get to decide the way that I bring my gifts to the world and no one else can put a cap on that for me. What, 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 what do you think guys kept, kept, keeps you going on this path just because, um, you, you know, as you alluded to, it's, it's pretty difficult sometimes and, you know, it's kind of un- unknown a lot. Well, it is um, by definition, but what, yeah. um, what, what do you think drives you? Yeah, honestly, Dan, it's moments like the one we're having now, like getting to meet you and oh, God. Hear, yeah, like hear your story <laughs> and, and share a part of my story. And I hope that, you know, you'll be thinking about things just a little bit differently in the world because we had this conversation. And that to me is everything that is like, I could live, if I could like put it in a sandwich and eat it, I would live off of that forever. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> so yeah, it's the connection. You definitely do one of the more interesting things that I've, I've come across in conversations with people. Just, yeah. it seems like hard to put into words, but uh, hard, yeah, like, it's just hard to hard to fathom what you do. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but, well, but, I would say it's it's an experience. So if anything that anything that I've said sounds intriguing, um, the best way to understand it is to just talk to me more about what's possible, you know, for any particular person or company looking to make a change. Um let's gotcha. just have that, you know, like yeah. and build that future together. It's really possible and really fun yeah well well, guys i got a couple more questions like the end of the podcast here we love to talk to founders and entrepreneurs about is so first one is if you were to give guys if you were to go back in time and meet guys a 20 year old what would you be telling her about what what to do or oh yeah okay if i were to meet guys at 20 the first thing I would tell her is relax. It's going to be okay. Like everything's going to work out better than you could have ever imagined. So just have a bit more fun. It's kind of a nerd growing up. So I would tell her to have a bit more fun. Um, but yeah, just to like, just have faith and trust that things will work out the way they're meant to. I hear you. Um, I guess like this one's a cool one. Like if, if you were to have opportunity to eat dinner with like any person in the world that you haven't met yet like who who would that be with okay listen i bet you i bet you other people have said this before and i'm gonna say it but from a different angle it would be elon musk because oh. that boy needs a talking to <laughs> he needs <laughs> some help i'd be like hey, my boy like what is going on like who who hurt you? <laughs> who hurt you? Oh, shoot, <laughs> How so can funny. we undo this? So right now in this moment, I, I would have to be him because I got some healing to give to that person. <laughs> fascinating, fascinating. Um, next one. What's your favorite country that you've been to? Ooh, well, the Philippines. Oh sure. no way! Yeah, for sure, hands down. Really? My You're not kidding? Yeah, like out of, yeah, out yeah, of yeah. all thirty. Mm-hmm, oh shoot! Mm-hmm. What, what sun, were you in Manila? Sun, whales, karaoke. Like, who can go wrong? And and, and, and the most most friendly, kind, and joyful people I've met anywhere in the world, for sure. Quite, can't can't. I, I agree <laughs> with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, what uh, I guess like the next one is like, what's your New Year's resolution? If you don't mind, if you have, you know, I mean, not not everybody believes in those, but yeah. So I like to instead of make a resolution for the years, I like to 
live into a word. Uh, so last year's word, like 2022's word was ease, like making things feel smooth and easy. And it, and it really helped. And I think 23's word is going to be audacity. Like audacity. Audacious. Yes. So I want to go big, go hard, go bold. Yeah. So 2023 is about audacity. I've got to come up with my own words too. Um, <laughs> uh, next one is like, what's a, what's a, do, I'm sure you have, well, with people who I meet who have PhDs, like they have books that, that they'd uh, advise people read. Like what's, what's a book that you think like you stumbled upon or read or uh, has influenced your life? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I'm a big nerd and there's a lot of books. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> my, my mental library. I think one of the most impactful books for me recently has been uh, My Grandmother's Hands by Resma Menachem, who is a somatic healing therapist. And it talks a lot about kind of the racial healing that needs to happen in America. It talks about like black bodies, white bodies, brown bodies, and police bodies, and how we can use kind of somatic therapy and meditation and healing to kind of heal the divides that exist between us um, as a country in America. And I think that's a really poignant and timely book. I've got to add that to my reading list for sure. Well, guys, I guess like the last one here is um, if you were to tell us what your startup mindset is, how would you explain that? Or how, how would you tell <laughs> what's your startup mindset? I always. Yeah. So my startup mindset is to really be true to who you are, like quiet the noise, get real with yourself and use, you know, use that kind of integral line that runs like right down the core of your body as your guiding light, because there's going to be tons of people trying to tell you how to be and who to be in the world, but no one knows better than you, who you need to be. So true. True. Mm-hmm. Well, Dr. Gaz, this has been an amazing conversation. I, I feel like I talked to you all day, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, I don't so think, nice. um, well, I don't know. I, I, I just, uh, you, you can't, what am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> there are no words. Yes. I have that yeah. effect on people sometimes. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> well, well, guys, like um, if, if people listening to this, like are interested in being a client or just getting more inspiration from you or knowledge, what, what can they do? Yeah, so they to... my, yeah, they can go to my website. That's ninepathsdevelopment.com, nine, the number nine. Um, or if you are a female looking to get part of my community, you can also go to covencollective.com, C-O-V-N collective.com. But on both of those or either of those pages, there's ways that you can reach me directly and have just like a chemistry chat and tell me a little bit about what you're up to and what you're looking for. And I'll see what kind of healing I can bring. Wow, I love it. Well, guys, yeah. I... I'm glad we had this conversation. It's, it's been awesome. Me too. Thanks, Dan. Thank you so much. And have an awesome rest of your break if you have a break. And I hope we get to chat again soon. Well, Star Mindsets, we hope you enjoy this one. It's been amazing doing 90 plus episodes with you guys. We're not going to stop anytime soon found any value in this uh let us know dm us tell us what you thought uh use the reply on spotify to give us your thoughts we'd love to hear them and last but not least um please uh subscribe to our newsletter that's how you get all this interesting content uh crumbled into bits and you know you can just read more about it and 
you know, you're just going to have to see it yourself. So hit the Substack link in the episode description here and uh, we'll uh, be in touch. Deuces. <laughs>